Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A-U-C-L-A Mystery. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. On April 21st, 2016, 46-year-old crime writer Michelle McNamara died in her sleep, two-thirds of the way through writing her book, All Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer, which was eventually published in 2018. Just three months later, with the help of McNamara's intensive, almost obsessive research into her work, authorities in California identified 72-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo as the Golden State Killer and arrested him at his home. Though the decades-old mystery of the Golden State Killer was finally solved, McNamara lost sleep over lots of other cases, cases just as tragic, mysterious, and pervasive. Today we'll be talking about another strange and heartbreaking case that consumed McNamara, the unsolved murder of UCLA Medical Center nurse Melanie Howell. The life of 22-year-old Melanie Amber Howell was busy, full of friends, culture, and helping others. Born August 7, 1954, Howell was a Redondo Beach native with a loving family of her parents and two siblings. She began working at UCLA Medical Center in February of 1975, assisting in the post-cardiac care unit. Loving her work inspired her to enroll at Santa Monica College to gain her credentials as a registered nurse. But she didn't just love nursing. Howell loved the arts, going to ballet class on Saturdays, and also enjoying reading and writing. According to Anthony De Niro, Howell's high school English teacher, she was, quote, very cooperative and friendly, more mature than most students. And she was bright. She wrote very well. Her bubbly personality and commitment to her work made her fast friends at UCLA, a place she felt she belonged. Head nurse Doreen Fanning said of Howell, quote, Melanie was a responsible person, living on her own and following her real interest, which was nursing. She was very well liked by the patients. Many would specifically ask for her. Yet she had time for her friends, too. Another UCLA nurse and close friend named Robin Potter said, quote, Melanie loved people. She loved being with and caring for the patients. Melanie enjoyed living. Other co-workers at UCLA Medical Center characterized Howell similarly, as a friendly, enthusiastic, perhaps inclined to be a bit of an overachiever type of a person, sometimes known to bite off more than she could chew. And it was true, the tall, strawberry blonde struggled to find balance in her life. With many friends and obligations, Melanie would juggle class, work, her interests, and her boyfriend, whom she enjoyed backpacking around California with. Sometimes she succeeded, sometimes she got overwhelmed. She wasn't often home at her first-floor bachelor apartment, apartment 6, on 1723 South Westgate Avenue, 
a small cream-colored apartment complex close to UCLA between Olympic and Santa Monica and West Los Angeles. But on the morning of Friday, April 23rd, neighbors called the police around noon, hearing scuffling and muted screams through their thin walls. When patrol officers arrived, they entered Howell's small apartment and were confronted with a horrific sight. Bound and bruised, Howell's lifeless body lay on the floor of the apartment, bleeding profusely from multiple stab wounds. She was tied up, cut, and bruised. Officers took note that the apartment was chaotic itself, with evidence of a frantic struggle. Blood spattered the small space, and a broken window served as a sign of the sheer forcefulness of Howell's struggle. Though shaken, Howell's neighbors had information to share. They presumed that she was about to leave for an 11 o'clock class at Santa Monica College at the time, a normal Friday for the student. But neighbors also heard someone knocking at her door. Howell opened the door, and a conversation was heard. Then they heard the door close. Thank God for those paper-thin L.A. walls, I suppose. The neighbors concluded someone had stopped by and left. No big deal there. But minutes later, someone returned. In the second encounter, which started as talking, escalated into something much more physical, the movement and the sounds of screaming and pain. This is where neighbors flagged concern, someone calling the police outright, others looking out of their windows to see a young man leaving Howell's apartment. One neighbor described him as a white male, about 25 years old, 6'1", 190 pounds, with black hair, wearing a red shirt and carrying a black attache case. Neighbors were shocked, considering Howell to be happy with a stable, calm life. She was truly a no-drama neighbor and was barely there. But close friends of Howell's characterized her life as much scarier and more chaotic than it seemed. During her last week of life, Howell confided in friends that she saw someone lurking outside the window of her apartment. That scared her enough to call the police. According to Detective John Rosenbrock of the West L.A. Division, just four days before the killing, Howell reported a prowler around her home. While police investigated and a report was made, they found no one. Still, Howell stayed away from her own apartment until April 23rd, the very day of her murder. Let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you like small town mystery, crazy news, and wild history, then the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast is for you. Each week, Josh Mills and Wayne McCarty bring you the absolute best Florida has to offer. So if you're looking for a show that's safe for the family, but funny enough to help you escape everyday life, then listen to the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. That's Florida Men, plural, on Florida Man podcast. We just wanted to mention that our Patreon now has a seven-day free trial. If you want bonus episodes, early access, episodes with no ads, so you can just listen to the content itself, go to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. 
As the investigation developed, Howell was buried at Pacific Crest Cemetery in Redondo Beach on April 28, 1976. That same day, the flag at UCLA Medical Center was flown at half-staff in her honor. Coworkers started a fund to purchase medical equipment in Howell's name, the same coworkers who crowdfunded on behalf of the Howell family for Melanie's tombstone. Detective John Rosenbrock was quoted at the time that the West L.A. police were, quote, running down some information, but the case soon stalled. By May 1976, a little over a year after Howell's murder, it was completely cold. And it stayed cold until 2002, when a detective from the West Los Angeles Bureau introduced LAPD detective Cliff Shepard to Howell's case, sharing her file with him, hoping for a lead. Shepard was a seasoned and passionate detective who served 37 years at the LAPD before retiring in 2012. He spent his last decade on the force in the cold case unit, according to Michelle McNamara, quote, digging through old unsolved murder files for new clues and testable biological evidence. During these crucial 10 years, Shepard's work was key in capturing some of Southern California's most dangerous criminals. Rodney Alcala, also known as the dating game killer, whom you can hear about in Ghost Town episode number 142. Prolific L.A. serial killer Chester Turner and Lonnie David Franklin Jr., a.k.a. the Grim Sleeper, just to name a few. But those cases were solved, put to bed in the investigative sense. The cases that really nagged Shepard were the cold cases. And the 1976 murder of Melanie Howell was one of those cold cases. Shepard dug in with a vehemence that gave the case new life. Quote, My partners and I interviewed dozens of people, many of them doctors and nurses, Shepard says. Shepard and his team traveled to Virginia, New York, and Colorado in search of new clues, something, anything, to reinvigorate the case. Shepard learned a lot during that time. He followed up with old friends who spoke about Howell's sighting of someone outside of her apartment, terrifying, learning that Melanie had once told a close friend that a boyfriend broke into her apartment to spy on her. She learned this because she found some of her personal items moved around after coming home one late night. Quote, The problem was, I could never identify who he was, Shepard says. It appeared to me that Melanie protected his identity. She never introduced him to any of the people who knew her. I can only guess why. And what about Melanie's boyfriend, her current boyfriend at the time of her death? Melanie did, of course, have a steady boyfriend, Shepard says, but he was definitely not the killer. Shepard told McNamara that he thinks the killer was a spurned ex, stalking Howell's apartment for revenge. Quote, I went through her contacts for every male that I could ID, Shepard says, and thus far I've not found him. There were some very good-looking suspects, but all have been eliminated by physical evidence. Shepard became so interested in this case that before he retired, he added eight more files to what LAPD called Melanie's Murder Book, two three-inch thick binders filled with possible witnesses and suspects. And he still thought about Melanie Howell years later, so much so that his work and media presence caught the attention of Michelle McNamara, who published a 2013 article on Cliff Shepard in Los Angeles Magazine. A lot of the quotes that we pulled for this episode came from that piece. She too would delve into this puzzling case, wondering why a scene with such abundant potential for resolution went so wrong. I believe the interest in Michelle McNamara's life and legacy after her death spurred renewed attention in the Howell case, but again, that's just a theory, my theory. Because of the incredible progress made in cold cases based on her work, I think there's an expectation, maybe, or a possibility, maybe that's a slightly less strong word, that other cases she researched and wrote about might gain some new examination or leads, kind of like when Unsolved Mysteries went back on the air, maybe giving some new cases some new hope. But with Howell, it didn't, at least not yet. There's a fair amount of discourse online, but the age of the case and the amount of information we have, all of it becomes incredibly difficult. It's kind of why I wanted to do an episode on this case. I'm talking about the themes of 
rediscovery, cold cases, new technology that we have that we didn't have before. But again, that idea that even though we have all of these tools now, we might not be able to go back and access some closure around these cases just based on time and evidence and circumstance. But of course, we should still try. As of now, the case is still part of the cold case homicide unit at LAPD. If you have a tip for the Melanie Howell investigation, call the Cold Case Homicide Unit at 213-486-6810. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.